Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Hello and good morning, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. And hi, my name is Jen. I am the host here. And I'm just so excited that you're joining me to share a cup of coffee or a cup of tea with me as we read number 16. Though I have to say, I'm drinking the coffee. I will not be drinking the tea. (laughs) You can drink the tea if that is what you want. But no, I'll be drinking coffee. But anyway, Grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea, and let's go ahead and read Numbers chapter 16, verses 1 through 35. This is a crazy, crazy portion of scripture. So let's go ahead and read this and see what happens. I'll be reading on the W.E.B. Now Korah, the son of Izar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, with Datham and Abiram, the sons of Eliab and On, the sons of Peleth, the sons of Reuben, took some men. They rose up before Moses with some of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the congregation, called to the assembly, men of renown. They assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said to them, You take too much on yourself, since all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and Yahweh is among them. Why do you lift yourselves up above Yahweh's assembly? When Moses heard it, he fell on his face. And he said to Korah and all of his company, In the morning, Yahweh will show you who are his and who is holy, and will cause him to come near to him. Even him whom he shall choose, he will cause to come near to him. Do this. Have Korah and all his company take censers, put fire in them, and put incense on them before Yahweh tomorrow. It shall be that the man whom Yahweh chooses, he shall be holy. You have gone too far, you sons of Levi. Moses said to Korah, Hear now, you sons of Levi. Is it a small thing to you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do the service of Yahweh's tabernacle, and to stand before the congregation to minister to them? And that he has brought you near, all your brothers and the sons of Levi with you? Do you seek the priesthood also? Therefore you and all of your company have gathered together against Yahweh. What is Aaron that you complain against him? Moses sent to call Dathan and Ibiram, the sons of Eliab, but they said, We won't come up. Is it a small thing that you have brought us up out of a land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness? But you must also make yourself a prince over us. Moreover, you haven't brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey, nor given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Will you put out the eyes of these men? We won't come up. Moses was very angry and said to Yahweh, Don't respect their offering. I have not taken one donkey from them, neither have I hurt one of them. Moses said to Korah, You and all your company go before Yahweh, you and they and Aaron, tomorrow. Each man take his censer and put incense on it, and each man bring before Yahweh his censer, 250 censers, you also and Aaron, each with his censer. They each took a censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and stood at the door of the tent of meeting with Moses and Aaron. Korah assembled all the congregation opposite them to the door of the tent of meeting. Yahweh's glory appeared to all the congregation. Yahweh spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. They fell on their faces and said, God, the God of the spirits in all flesh, shall one man sin, and you will be angry with all the congregation? Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the congregation, saying, Get away from around the tent of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. 
Moses rose up and went to Dathan and Abiram, and all the elders of Israel followed him. He spoke to the congregation, saying, Depart, please, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in their sins. So they went away from the tent of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram on every side. Dathan and Abiram came out and stood at the door of their tents with their wives, their sons, and their little ones. Moses said, Hereby you shall know that Yahweh has sent me to do all these works, for they are not from my own mind. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they experience what all men experience, then Yahweh hasn't sent me. But if Yahweh makes a new thing, and the ground opens up its mouth, and swallows them and all that belong to them, and they go down alive into Sheol, then you shall understand that these men have despised Yahweh. As he finished speaking all these words, the ground that was under them split apart. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households, all of Korah's men and all their goods. So they and all that belonged to them went down alive into Sheol, and the earth closed on them and they perished from among the assembly. All Israel that were around them fled at their cry, for they said, lest the earth swallow us up. Fire came out from Yahweh and devoured the 250 men who offered the incense. Okay, so what the heck is happening here? <laughs> okay, number 16 is kind of crazy. But let me do a quick recap before we start with number 16. So basically, the people kind of suck right now. Like they are down in the dumps. They totally rebelled against God. They're like, we're going back to Egypt after everything God did for us. We are not going to go into the promised land. That seems pretty scary. And we are going to reject Moses and Aaron the guys that God tells us not to reject. And we're going to find our own leader to go back into Egypt. So after that happens, God is like, uh-uh, that's not happening. So he tells the people through Moses and Aaron that uh, they are not going to be able to enter into the promised land at all. They're going to get what they wished for. They're going to die in the wilderness over the period of the next 40 years. And the children would be able to go into the promised land, but the adults would not be able to. Minus uh, Joshua and Caleb were like the only two adults, I believe, that's mentioned that were allowed to go into the promised land. So that all happens and the people are in just a total state of rebellion. So they go up to Moses and Aaron after that happens. They're like, we sinned, we sinned. We're going to go into the promised land. We're going to take it now. And Moses is like, don't go because God just said you're not going to be able to do it, so don't do it. And the people are like, now nah, we're going to do it. So they go and try to do it. And obviously they get pummeled. And so they uh, get defeated by the Canaanites because God was not with the men that tried to take the promised land. Because it's like no matter what, the people are trying to do the opposite of what God wants them to do. So now here in Numbers chapter 16, there's been a handful of things where God uh, tried to restore some of his relationship back in Numbers chapter 15 with his people. But then now in number 16, this guy Korah gets introduced. Now, if you remember the episodes that I did at the beginning of Numbers, we talked about how the tribes were supposed to be set up around the camp and also how the tribe of Levi was supposed to be set up around the tabernacle. So the tribe of Levi was a very special tribe that got the role of being able to take care of the tabernacle. That was their role. They were not supposed to be warriors like the other tribes or anything like that. They were just supposed to take care of the tabernacle and be God's holy tribe. 
set apart among the tribes. So the tribe of Levi was definitely very special. And the tribe of Levi was broken up into three different mini tribes, I suppose. It was the Gershonites, the Merarites, and the Kohathites were the three mini tribes of Levi. So now this guy Korah comes into the picture and he is a son of Kohath. So he was a Kohathite. And the Kohathites among the uh, tribe of Levi actually had the most special role. They were the ones that were supposed to carry the tabernacle furniture. So they were supposed to carry the table, the lamp. Uh, They were supposed to carry the Ark of the Covenant and make sure everything was okay there. So they had a very, very special role. One that probably many of the other tribes would have been very jealous for, I suppose. But yeah, it was a special role. So this guy, this Kohathite, Korah, comes into the picture. And he wanted Moses' role. He was not happy being a Kohathite. He was not happy carrying the Ark of the Covenant. What he wanted was the job that Moses had, Moses and Aaron. So he apparently is very influential. I'm sure he was because he was a Kohathite. He was a Levite. So yeah, he would have been pretty influential. And especially if he had like a very commanding, leading kind of personality. So he takes a bunch of men, 250 men, and they decide to stage a coup. So they rise up before Moses. And along with Korah and his men were these two other guys named Dathan and Abiram. And they were of the tribe of Reuben. So these, all three of these guys and all their men wanted to stage this coup. They didn't like Moses. They didn't like Aaron. They wanted nothing to do with Moses and Aaron. But here's what Korah says. He comes to Moses as if he's being peaceful. So he says to Moses, he says, you're taking on too much, Moses. You know, you're you're doing so, so much. And who are you to take on all this responsibility? Because guess what? The entire congregation of Israel is very holy. The entire congregation is so holy. Every one of them is what it says in verse three. Every one of them is holy and Yahweh is among them. So why do you lift yourself up? before Yahweh's assembly. So who are you, Moses, to make yourself more prideful than you are and to become our prince? Who are you to do that? So that's what Korah says to Moses. And there's so many issues with what Korah says. First and foremost, the congregation of Israel was not holy. Not at all. Especially not during this time period. We see many problems happening during this time period where the congregation of Israel was far from holy. They were not holy. So he lied. Korah lied. The congregation was not holy, and especially not to every one of them. That was absolutely not true. And Yahweh is among them. And yes, that was true. But even so, Yahweh was among the children of Israel, not because they were holy, but because he was so merciful. That's why he was there among the congregation. So then the last thing that Korah states here that's totally a lie Why do you, Moses, lift yourself up above Yahweh's assembly? Moses was not lifting himself up. Every single time you see Moses, he's like, God, why did you do this to me? Why am I the mother of these horrible people? Did I birth them? Kill me now, God. Like, that's seriously what Moses is doing all the time. So Moses was not lifting himself up. I do not believe among the assembly. We do not see any that I know of any time where Moses is like, I'm so cool, I'm above the assembly. We don't see that. But the other thing was, Moses didn't lift himself up. Yahweh did. God himself chose Moses 
and chose Aaron to be the head of the children of Israel. So God chose those two men to do it. It wasn't Moses and Aaron choosing it. It was God. So when Moses hears it, he falls on his face. So he goes down on his knees and probably starts praying, I would guess. But he falls on his face because he is very upset that this is happening. So after he's done with that, it says he said to Korah and to all of Korah's company, in the morning, Yahweh is going to show you who is holy. Then he says he is going to show you who he chooses as well. So do this, Korah, and all of your people here. He says, do this. Have Korah and all of his company take censers and put fire in them and put incense on them before Yahweh tomorrow. A censer is like a uh, incense spreading thing. <laughs> I can't describe it. It has like a ball on the end of it. I hope you guys know what I'm talking about. You put incense in it and light it and it kind of smokes. My husband's family is Catholic and actually my, my mother's family... Um, was all Catholic as well. So the few limited times that I've been to the Catholic church, I have seen a censer, and that's basically what it looks like, just like a ball of incense in it that smokes when you move it around. But anyway, that's what a censer is. So Korah was, and all of his men were supposed to take these censers and light them in front of God the next morning. But what Moses says here at the very end, you have gone too far, you sons of Levi. That's powerful. They, they've gone too far at this point. Then he says, is it a small thing to you that the God of Israel separated you to bring you near to himself and do the service of Yahweh's tabernacle and to stand to the, in front of the congregation and minister to them? Is that a small thing? That's what he's saying to the, to the Levites here. He's like, why are you doing this? This is not a small task that God gave you. This is something very special that God did for you. He separated you and brought you near to him. And he says, yet you're not thankful for this role that God has given you, this very, very special role. You want more. You're always looking for more. That's what he says. You are not thankful for this wonderful role God gives you. He says, do you seek the priesthood? He says, you are gathering against Yahweh. That's what he says. It's not against Moses and Aaron that the Kohathites are gathering against. They're gathering together against Yahweh. What is Aaron that you complain against him? That's what he says. He's like, Aaron and me, we're nobodies. You're complaining against Yahweh. You are coming up against Yahweh. So after this, these two other guys that were mentioned at the very beginning in verse 1, Dathan and Abiram, are mentioned again here in verse 12. And Moses says that he's going to call up Dathan and Abiram. But they refuse. They're like, we're not coming up to talk to you, Moses. And so then they use Moses's words. They say, is it a small thing that you have brought us up out of a land flowing with milk and honey? So, oh my gosh, so many problems with that already. First and foremost, they're referring to Egypt as the land flowing with milk and honey, which it was not. The land flowing with milk and honey was the promised land that God was going to give the people. So they're totally rejecting God's promise here. They're twisting it and saying that Egypt was the land flowing with milk and honey. They're using Moses's words against him saying, is it a small thing? Because that's what Moses had said to, uh, to the Levites. He says, it is, is it a small thing that God made you this, these special ministers? So Dathan and Abiram, 
as well as saying that Egypt was the land flowing with milk and honey, they also say that Moses was the one who brought them out of it. So they're giving all the credit to Moses on top of that. Then they go on to say, to kill us in the wilderness. But must you also make yourself a prince over us? You haven't brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey, nor given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. So these two men are like, you haven't kept up your end of the bargain, Moses. You haven't brought us into this promised land. So why should we, you know, why should we revere you as a prince among the people? And they end by saying, we're not coming up to see you. So Moses was very angry. He was angry because, I mean, look at all the stuff that these guys are saying about him, first and foremost. And he says to Yahweh, don't respect their offering. I have not done anything to hurt them, basically. So Moses says to Korah the next day, go up before Yahweh. So the next day happens. God is going to reveal who is holy and who's not. So they go before Yahweh and God basically appears in his glory to all the congregation. I can imagine that was horrifying. So then Yahweh speaks to Moses and Aaron and he says, go away, separate yourselves from the people because I'm going to destroy them. <laughs> I mean, two chapters ago, God was in the same boat. He was like, I'm going to destroy these people. But I don't believe God was going to destroy the entire congregation because the entire congregation at this point in time had not actually sinned against Yahweh yet when it comes to this particular issue. So Moses and Aaron fall down on their faces again, and they're like, no, God, don't destroy the congregation because they're not the ones that sinned. It's Korah and all these guys here, all these men that they, they uh, you know, all these men that they chose. So God's like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to destroy the congregation. He's like, but tell the congregation to separate themselves from Korah and from these two men, Dathan and Abiram, because I'm going to kill these guys. So Moses, in his urgency, knows that this is going to happen. He rises up is what it says. And the elders of Israel followed him. Remember that there were 70 elders that were actually helping Moses through all this stuff. And this is where we see that they start helping Moses. They're urging the people to leave. They're like, get away from this area because God's wrath is going to come down on Dathan, Abiram, and Korah. So leave. And that's what the people do. They leave. And so then... Dathan, Abiram, and their entire families, and also Korah, come outside, and they're standing there. So Moses gives his speech, and he says, Yahweh is going to do a new thing, basically. The ground is going to open up and swallow you guys down into Shoal. And Shoal is the uh, term for death, basically, or the place of the dead. I don't think it necessarily has to mean hell just to let you guys know, at least not in every single case, because I think King David had mentioned that he was going to go to, to Shoal. At least I think he did a handful of times in the Psalms. So I don't think it always refers to hell, but it's the place of the dead, the grave. So after Moses says all this, that's exactly what happens. The, the earth splits apart and Korah and uh, Dathan and Abiram and all their families get swallowed up into the earth. And you might be wondering, why did God swallow up the families as well? And I don't know. They could have also been like in cahoots, I guess, because it does say that uh, the families stood by Dathan, Abiram, and Korah. So I am wondering if that was it. But also it's, it's just that sometimes 
a family is in on it together. And I would guess that's the main reason why this happened, because it does say that the family stood by Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. They just did. So God swallowed them all up together because they were all in cahoots together. But that also proves that God uh, puts everybody on equal terms. He looks at everybody equally. So clearly, Dathan, Abiram, and Korah's wives and their kids and their family, God looks at them all equally as committing the same sin because they all had, because they stood by their, uh, their dads that were doing this and their husbands. But anyway, yes, the entire family gets swallowed into the earth, basically, so I would guess some sort of earthquake happened. I don't know. Maybe God truly just did split apart the earth and swallowed them up. I don't know. And so uh, what happened is the earth closed on them and they perished. They died. So then all of Israel fled <laughs> and they said, the earth is going to swallow us up too because they see this crazy thing that happens to these three men and their families. And they're like, we're going to get swallowed alive too. They see God's glory and they just run. So then fire comes out of the censers while this is all happening. It just sounds like complete and total chaos right now. Because it says, after all this, the people are running all over crazy. Fire comes out of the censers and devours the 250 men. The guys that were standing beside Korah and trying to, uh, you know, rebel against God, these Levites, God devours them with this holy fire basically and that's kind of how this story ends it's just another story of rebellion in numbers and i'll be honest i didn't think numbers was this uh <laughs> i didn't think numbers was this like dramatic i suppose when i started this book i've read numbers before but i couldn't remember but yeah numbers is pretty uh crazy isn't it i didn't I didn't realize how crazy numbers was going to be. But anyway, join me tomorrow for an episode out of Luke. We're going to be learning more about Jesus's ministry out of uh, Luke chapter 14. And I'm also going to be having a guest on the podcast as well. Somebody I'm very excited for, and I'm looking forward to that as well. That will be next week. He will be on the podcast, I'm pretty sure. So definitely tune in for the upcoming stuff that's going on with P40 Ministries. Check out the books that are over on the website, p40ministries.com, and purchase something if you would like to support P40 Ministries. Get yourself something cool, a t-shirt or a book or something like that. Friends and faithful listeners, have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless. Ooh.